I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know what they say. Say what? <laughs> Nobody, no crime. Okay, and this all starts ages and ages and ages ago. How because long? <laughs> like 400 years ago. Because of one very specific case called the Camden Wonder Case of 1660. Oh, that's really long ago. <laughs> right? Okay, so there's this 70-year-old guy and his name is William Harrison. And right on 16th of August, 1660... He leaves his home in Chipping Camden in England to walk like two miles to a nearby village to do whatever it is that people in 1660 do. Okay, and then he just disappears. He disappears during this like two mile walk or something. And he goes missing and three people, two brothers and their mum, one of the brothers is actually his like manservant, they get charged with robbing and murdering him. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, he's a rich guy, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if he's rich, like, but he has a manservant. So, they are eventually hanged, right? And then, two years later... Don't tell me he reappeared. He reappeared! Oh no! After they are hanged. <laughs> so sad. So, it turns out on his two-mile walk, right, he was actually kidnapped and sold into slavery in Turkey. Like... Like, really far away from where he got kidnapped. Yeah, like, really far away from England. He, get, he gets kidnapped and sold into slavery in freaking Turkey. And because this was such a massive fuck-up, right, it led to people eventually believing in the whole no-body-no-murder thing. Because without a body, how can you even prove that somebody is, is dead? Exactly. I think it makes a lot of sense, like... After these two people got wronged and hanged. That's so yeah. sad. <laughs> exactly, right? So... But not really... Oh, why? But not really. So this isn't actually how it works. Hi, I'm Teddy, and today we have with us... Hello, I'm Margaret. We didn't die of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Margaret! Hi! Welcome to A Brief Case. And this week, we are looking at how Sunny Ang Suswan planned his girlfriend's death in none other than a diving trip near Sisters Island. So interesting. Her body was never found. Sunny Ang was likely born in 1939 or like around that period. He was born into a middle class family. So Sunny was like a pretty smart boy. He was really clever, like really intelligent. He was quite educated for that era, which is like 1939-1940s. He had a senior Cambridge, which is the equivalent of O-levels today. Yeah, because last time, even our parents don't really have much. Like, O-level is like quite good really. Yeah, O-level is quite good. Yeah. So he's like our grandparents' age. Yeah, he's like our grandparents' age. They, they even went to school, it's very good really. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, but then the thing is, right, you know what he was known for? He wasn't being, he wasn't known for being this academic. He was known for being damn reckless. And from what I could find, he basically had like no impulse control. Ayoh. Is he a rich man's kid? No, he's middle class. He's like just solidly like middle class, middle class for that oh, time. Oh, okay. Why yeah. is he so reckless? So, right, we're going to start from when Sunny was 18. Mm. Okay. So he was actually studying to be a teacher. So I guess if you had O levels, then you could study to be a teacher, lah. It's a it's a respected profession, right? They have teachers as state teachers today are respected. But then he dropped out of his teacher training course to take a government scholarship to train as a pilot, which is also not bad, right? You must be reasonably smart to qualify for a scholarship to be a pilot, which I guess in like that period when it was around 1950s, 1960s, when he was at the age, would have been like quite prestigious. Yeah, why the sudden change? Like, I guess he decided to go for the, the scholarship. Mm. Alright, but then, because of bad behaviour, like ignoring safety regulations as a pilot, he got kicked out of um, the training course. And so he never got to be a commercial pilot either. So now he's dropped out of teacher training school, he's got kicked out of his pilot training course. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're going to carry on with the trend of being impulsive and ignoring safety regulations. So about a couple of years later, so now 18, 19, now he's 21, he enters the 1961 Grand Prix. So Singapore hosted a Grand Prix in 1961. But he literally ends up killing someone. He ends up killing a pedestrian. As in he's the driver? He's a driver. He was a race driver what? in the 1961 Grand Prix and he ends up killing a pedestrian. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, he has such like thrills. Teacher was too boring for him. He wanted to be a pilot. Pilot wasn't enough, so he went to Grand Prix. And then he killed somebody and... Oh boy. Yeah, so he gets arrested and fined for that. But that was about it. That's just... He just gets arrested and fined. That's... This. Oh, what what kind of laws do we have back then? <laughs> Why isn't he like? I guess because it was jail. an accident. It wasn't like intentional. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna kill a pedestrian. Oh, right. So there wasn't any long time jail term or whatever, like you said. But um, it also feels like there wasn't anything too permanent in terms of consequences, which is like not good lah. Yeah, since he's already so reckless, he got away quite with a slap on his hand. Yeah, exactly. So, right, 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 So, let's skip forward about a year. So, that's when he was 21, right? So, now Sunny is 22, and it's 1962. Guess what happens? Guess. Guess, Margaret. The crime that you're about to say? <laughs> no! It's a smaller crime, though. He gets caught for an attempted burglary, which is like breaking in somebody's house with the intent to commit further offence. Yes, so he gets caught for burglary. And we're seeing a kind of trend here. We're seeing a pattern, if you will, on the kind of person that Sunny Ang is. Like, Sunny Ang is a teaching dropout, a pilot reject, he killed somebody while racing, and here he is trying to commit burglary. That's a new law. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he already got away with a tap on his hand for the for the pedestrian killing thing. a pedestrian, right? Yeah, yeah that's a and, and now he wants to push it further and actually burglarize someone's house. Yeah. Alright. So, but you know what he gets? A, another fine? He gets probation. So that means not even jail time. It's a gentle slap on the wrist. He just gets probation, no jail time. He's so lucky. Right? <laughs> okay, so I guess, 
like, okay, whenever you look at this, this might have been like a bit of a wake-up call, like a baby wake-up call. And it's about time for him and he, he thinks, oh, this is about time for me to get my shit together, get my act together, right? Yeah, wake up your idea, man. <laughs> wake up your idea. So he starts studying for a law degree. So he, he becomes a part-time law student. Because last time only got three jobs. Doctor, lawyer, engineer. Oh, make mommy proud. Make mommy proud. Hello, mommy. Sorry. <laughs> Podcaster. <laughs> And so he starts studying for a part-time law degree. But, like, last time, like, the pinnacle of education, right? Because this is, like, like what, Lee Kuan Yew's time or whatever. The pinnacle, yeah. yeah. The pinnacle of education is to go to England to get your law degree, right? Uh, yeah, so that's what he wants to do. But guess what? At the age of 22, he's a declared bankrupt. Probably from all the fines and probably from his, like, impulse control issues. He's, he's bankrupt. He doesn't have any money. So now, it's about a year later... So Sunny is 24 years old and he meets 22-year-old Jenny Chok Cheng Kit. So she's two years younger than him and she's very, very different from him. So you know how Sunny was kind of shady? Jenny was like a really, really sweet, really straightforward kind of girl. Girl next door. Yeah, like a girl next door. So Sunny met Jenny when she was working at a bar waitress at Odeon Bar and Restaurant at Northridge Road. And she was earning $90 a month plus tips. Which you think with inflation might be okay, right? But no, it's still definitely not enough. With inflation now, $90 then is actually only $383 like oh, today. Oh, damn little. Yeah, it's damn hard to survive on. Yeah, so while Sunny was like quite well educated for that time, right? Jenny only studied up to like the equivalent of primary three. Ayoh. Yeah, which is when she was 10. So that was I like, think that's quite normal during that time, yeah. actually. She's the normal one. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was quite normal during that time also. And Is she a gold digger? No, no, I don't... No. Do you think she'll be a gold digger? Maybe he thinks she's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at 22, right? Which, again, we have to put it into perspective, is normal for the time. She was already married. And she had two kids. But then, at 22, she was married and had two kids, but she was already also separated from her husband, and her two kids were with her husband. Oh, that's fast. Yeah, at 22, right? Yeah. What? Well, at 22, I didn't even know if I was going to graduate uni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, Sunny and Jenny meets, and they are, like, instantly smitten. At least, like, Jenny is super smitten with him. She's super in love with him. And I mean, he was a bit older. He was considered like more sophisticated with all his life experience and education and everything. And he's quite smooth. And if you look at his pictures, he's not bad. He got like the Chinese fuckboy look. Wait, 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 wait. I get, I get a picture for you. Okay, Margaret, are you ready? Yes. So right now I'm opening a book. I'm opening Guilty as Charged, which I use for a lot of references for these cases. Look upon his fuckboy face, Margaret. Crush right? Not bad, right? Good facial features. I actually know somebody that looks a bit like him. Oh, that's disturbing. <laughs> he got me all the Lee Kuan Yew hair. Anyway, Margaret. Doesn't he look like a, a pretty good looking fuckboy? Yeah. His skin's very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually through the black and white photo, you can tell that his skin's quite good. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Alright, so... So now that we've gone through how he looks like... So here's where it gets a bit shady. They start dating and Sunny starts buying insurance policies for her. Fishy. Mm-hmm. And the beneficiaries of the policy, you know insurance policies, you've got a beneficiary. It's not her kids. It's not her ex-husband. 
But get this, it's either Sunny's mum, her boyfriend's mother, or her own estate, so like Jenny's estate. So that doesn't sound too bad, right? So he brings Jenny to a lawyer to drop a will, and a will at 22 seems like a bit extreme to me, like, right? Now I don't even yeah, have a will. You're not expecting to die at 22. Yeah. <laughs> and she wants to leave her entire estate, so that's all her money and savings, to Sunny's mom. So at the end of the day, the end game, the beneficiary, whether it's through the insurance or through her, her will, her estate, is gonna all go to Sunny's mother. Very fishy. Right? Yeah. So the insurance was also a bit crazy. So here's a couple of policies that Jenny, or like, you know, Sunny tried to get for Jenny. According to a witness from Great Eastern... <laughs> according to a witness from... Great Eastern Life Insurance Policy. Last time, still got, last time I already got Great Eastern. Great Eastern, them old. Yeah. Yeah, Great Eastern, quite old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, at first, she tried to get a policy that paid out 200 grand in accident benefits. So, I'm, I'm not sure why that didn't work out lah, but after that, she tried to get something called a 124 policy. So, it was worth 40k, and from that 40k, if she died from natural causes, the beneficiary, so in, in this case, it'll be Sunny's mom, they either get 80k, or if she dies from an accident, the beneficiary will get 160k. So like, 1, then 2, then 4 times. So it's a 1, 2, 4 policy. Oh. Yeah. So she also got a bunch of other short-term policies, and to like any normal person, you'd be like, Bro. Bro. Margaret. Jenny, you're earning $90 a month. How are you gonna pay your insurance premiums, girl? Okay, and then Sunny would tell the insurance agent that she was a chicken farm heiress, that her daddy owned a chicken farm, and that she wanted to take up flying. And he's like lying to the insurance agent already. That's damn shady. Alright, so by about July, so I'm guessing this is only a couple of months in, Jenny quits her job her only source of income and she didn't have any money to pay for the insurance premium so why would she go along with this? So it pretty much sounds like she's being manipulated by Sunny. Yeah, I bet she doesn't know what's going on. I, I think so too. Especially if she thinks that he's very educated and that she's not he, she might just let him take the reins lah. Yeah, like blindly trust him like, oh he knows what he's doing. No, I remember in the 1960s, everybody was like, oh you gotta get a man to take care of you, a man will take care of you. Manage your finances. <laughs> yeah. So now, during this relationship, Sunny borrows a friend's car. And they go on a road trip to KL, right? Super common. You go to Malaysia, chill, massage, get some chakwe tiao. I really want to get my hair done. <laughs> I wish you can go JB now. Yeah. So Jenny got sick during the trip, right? I, I guess food poisoning or something, you know? Did he purposely feed her that? I don't know, maybe. We don't know, right? So she got... Yeah, she got food poisoning. So right, for, for all y'all who don't know or haven't done this before, it takes about 4 hours to drive up from KL to Singapore and like vice versa lah. So 4 hours, 4 hours. So it's not that long but it's not that short either. So now because Jenny is a bit sick, right, they have to cut their, their trip short. They have to come back earlier. And I don't know why. Right before they drive back from KL to Singapore, which is like just 4 hours, he gets insurance for both of them. 100k worth of coverage for Jenny and 30k worth of coverage for him. 
Right, so now they're driving back and Sunny should be quite a good driver, right? He he drove well enough to qualify for the 1961 Grand Prix in Singapore. Yeah, he is a F1 driver and don't tell me he can't drive properly in KL. <laughs> he got into an accident. Oh. He got into a car accident, quote-unquote swerving to avoid a dog. And guess where most of the damage was? Obviously not his side. It was on the passenger's side. That's right, but they both survive, and Jenny only has like a couple of bruises. Oh, no biggie. No biggie, but that's already quite shady already, you know, like, <laughs> like almost like he's trying to, trying to do some insurance fraud, you know? Yeah, like, he's out to, you know, hurt Jenny. Okay, so now is 27th August, right? Virgo season. So now we know Sunny Ang is a man of many talents. Failed teacher, failed pilot, failed Grand Prix driver, but he is also an experienced diver. And you and me, we both have our party open water, don't we, Margaret? Yes. So we have like a bit of logic there, right? Mm, scuba diving logic. Scuba diving logic. We paid money and went for classes for this, so we know a little bit. Yeah, you can do it in Singapore, you don't have to do it overseas. And the Singapore one very fun. Yay, RWS! So we know Sunny Ang is an experienced diver, right? But Jenny... Our Did friend Jenny... Scuba dive before? Jenny can't even swim properly, boo. Oh, what makes you think that scuba diving is a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> so Sunny, he thought that the perfect, perfect date for two people this August is to go on a nice, lazy dive near Sisters Island. Sounds really romantic. Best thing you should do if, like for couples. Yeah, and so one thing you might know if you dive in Singapore, which we haven't lah. A bit dangerous. Yeah. Sisters Island or like, uh, I think last time it was known as Pulau Dua. It's, it's dangerous. There's a lot of currents and the visibility is just not great. And when you dive, you want to be really careful because you're underwater and the currents can just sweep you off and you can pop up somewhere far, far away from your boat or you can just get dragged. Yeah. So, they charter a boat driven by a boatman, Yusuf Ahmad. So, our boatman's name is Yusuf Ahmad. And they charter him at 2.30pm. So, it's the middle of the afternoon, right? Sunny charters the boat for three hours and it costs $12. Wow, very cheap ah, last yeah, time. Yeah, very cheap last time. <laughs> I was very shook. I was like, oh wow, we can charter a boat for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but he has to bring his own equipment and stuff. Like, I don't even know if, if they had party then. Or like, rentals. Yeah. So this is a driver that they worked with before. Uh, I think they rented a boat from him about two months before because eventually when he testifies, he says that Jenny seems to have trouble even like swimming. That's the thing. That's how we know Jenny has trouble swimming. Good man. <laughs> So they drive out on the boat, which Margaret can do. Well done, Margaret. Boat Yay, license. I got boat license too. Ooh. After about half an hour, so that's like 30 minutes of driving in the middle um, in the middle of the straits near Sisters Island, uh, they drop an anchor and then he also drops a guide rope. Like, you know when we dive, we got the guide yeah, rope guide sometimes. Yeah, guide to go back to the boat. Yeah. Because this is a diving trip, brought three air tanks, two flippers, two pairs of flippers, two knives, a small axe, like... That's a lot of knives. <laughs> right? Um, they call it aqualung equipment, which I think is just the regulators and BCD and stuff. But I think last time they just called it aqualung equipment. Okay. Yeah. 
and a transistor radio. They got like the old... A radio that works underwater? I, I think it's just a radio. Or yeah. to just work when they get when, up yeah, to the when they get surface. Up, yeah. oh, okay. but, but basically it sounds like he has his own diving equipment, like, which is quite cool. Yeah. And, like, and a lot of knives. And a lot of knives, right? What are the knives for? What are the knives for? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and because he has all this equipment, we can kind of tell that he's like uh, experienced. Yeah, diver. He, he, needs, he seems to know his equipment and stuff that is needed for diving. Yeah. But not Jenny. But not Jenny. <laughs> Okay, now, Jenny, who doesn't have, like, any real diving experience, she uses the guide rope to go down first, so Jenny goes down first. What? Isn't she scared? Well, I mean, she got Sunny taking care of her, right? Mm, Okay, this girl seems to be brainwashed a bit. Yeah, she has a dive belt. She has the axe. Okay, so the axe is with her lah. Mm. She has a knife. So the axe and the knife is with her. Wait, if she has two knives and one axe, how many knives and axes does Sunny have? <laughs> probably has more. No, no, no. He ha- she has one axe and one knife. So Sunny has one knife left with him. Oh, remember? so she had more sharp things with her. <laughs> she had more sharp things. And she had her weight belt lah. Because I think she looks... Like, you look at her picture, she looks quite small. So she definitely wouldn't need a weight belt. Yeah, I thought she's gonna just float, float up. up suddenly. Yeah. yeah. And she had her... Her tank and her... Aqualung equipment. Mm. Yeah, so the weight belt's nothing to be worried about. It's just to regulate your buoyancy. And so now, after about 10 minutes, so this is a bit like she goes down just for like 10 minutes, which I guess because she's not used to it 10 minutes, or maybe like the equipment at that time could only like support 10 minutes at a time. I don't know. She brought down three tanks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. So everything is kind of okay. And then Jenny comes up. So Sunny, who kind of planned the trip, because like, Mm. Yeah. He's the master diver there. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even gone into the water yet. So Jenny goes in, Jenny goes out, Sunny. By herself? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sunny hasn't even gone into the water yet. Sunny is like sitting on the boat, like just waiting for her to struggle. No, <laughs> no he's just like fiddling with all his equipment. He's just completely dry, okay? Oh, maybe he's like coming soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he changed, he changed into his wetsuit already. It's just that he hasn't gone into the water at all. Alright. So he changes Jenny's tank, okay? Mm. And then she goes back into the water. And Sunny is still on the boat, checking his dive equipment. Oh dear. Yeah. And then he finds that, oh no, my tank is leaking. Oh, he, okay, so he he made her build her confidence with the first round, and the second round, <laughs> he switches with the booby trap. I like, no, no, no. So she goes in, but he says that his own tank is leaking. Oh. Yeah, which is like a massive no, right? So he claims that there's uh, issues with like the washer on the tank. And the washer is the rubber thing that yeah. makes the tank airtight, right? Yeah. So the air don't come out. Yeah, and so Ahmad helps him to improvise the washer, right? But it doesn't work. And so the whole time, the whole time, Jenny is just in the water doing her thing herself on her own Jenny who can hardly swim Jenny who hasn't <laughs> dived that much before wow it's both of them thinking what's everyone thinking yeah oh my god alright the boat dryer must be so confused like, <laughs> I what know, earth right? is happening <laughs> right okay so now it should be around 5pm alright so they've been there like two and a half hours or something and it's Jenny's second tank in and Sunny's tank could 
unquote, isn't working. So he pulls on the guide rope three times because obviously Jenny's gonna follow the guide rope lah because she's mm. like, and I guess to let Jenny know like, come up babe, but like, nothing, no reply. Oh. Yeah. So he turns to the boatman and he he's like, verbatim, he's like, where's the girl ah? <laughs> like he knows they're both up, they're not down. He's like, where's the girl? And so he pulls on the rope again and then he checks around the water at the water around the boat and there's no bubbles and you know like if you're if you're diving you'll always have bubbles from the regulator yeah like you breathe in the air from the tank and you breathe out into the sea yeah and you get bubbles and then so sunny um who is an experienced diver he turns around and he asks the boatman what are we gonna do Oh, act blur leave longer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> act blur leave longer. So now, I uh, let me just note again that Jenny isn't a good swimmer and neither of them, Sunny, who is an experienced diver, or Ahmed, who is a boatman and I guess should be able to swim, neither of them went into the water to look for her at oh. that point of time. And... According to the boatman, Sunny also didn't seem rushed at all, which is a bit crazy. Because when you're in a diving accident or a diving incident or anything like that, you have like limited air and there's currents and just every it's just so urgent. Yeah, yeah. I mean any normal person would like just jump in right away and exactly. find her. Exactly. Even without like a tank, maybe his tank is a bit fucked up, but maybe he can go he in can with his... He still breathe a yeah, bit, yeah, right? And with just his try to attempt to find his wife. Girlfriend. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Not wife yet. Right? So, like, he's like, oh, what to do? Then the boatman's like, oh, maybe we should go to St. John's to, to call the police or something to, like, get more people to try to find her. So, they boat over to, to St. John's Island and they get on the island and you would expect Sunny to, like, freaking run straight to the police, right? To be like, oh my god, police, my girl, she's in the water, she's not an experienced diver, she's not a good swimmer. I think by the time she reached, they reached St. John's, she would have drowned because how many minutes would that take? Yeah, and how much air is there in a the tank? Yeah. Right? And if you're panicking, you're using more air as well. Correct. Yeah. So... No, he's very chill. Sunny's very chill about it all, according to all the witnesses. And he finds a guard. And then the guard's like, oh, maybe you should get some fishermen and go looking for Jenny. And then so they get five fishermen and they go back to the area, the original area where they were meant to die, so near Sister's Island. And I mean, now that he knows he has backup and I'm sure that his backup has equipment, right? You would think that experience either Sunny Ang might be a bit more urgent and that he would want he would want to go into the water to get his girlfriend who is supposedly the love of his life that he loves so much that he wants to insure her for so much money <laughs> yeah even extended guess this one of her life insurance policies that you know just about expired on the same day as the dive just <gasps> Literally three Just to hours. Just protect her life a bit more. Yeah, literally three hours before the dive trip, right? So they they went on the boat at two thirty. So maybe like in the morning, he went to extend her life insurance policy for five days. Oh, a bit suspicious. Why not longer? Maybe he didn't expect her to live for more than five days. Huh? I maybe. Don't I don't know, Margaret. Isn't that sus? Very sus. Very very sus. Okay, so. 
Now, they're back around Sisters Island with the boatman and like five other experienced divers. Uh, Sunny doesn't go into the water, he stays on the boat chilling. So they get back to Singapore and on the same day, so I think at that point of time, um, Singapore was still like kind of under colonial rule or something like that. Singapore was... I think they merged with Malaysia. Uh, but it, it's just that Singapore wasn't independent la, and the British was still around because Royal Navy Frogmen, which is like the divers of the British Army, yeah, they go out to the same area to search for her. So they were probably the best of the best of the best at the time. So these are the guys who would have been pulled from the Royal Marines um, to learn how to dive, which at that time was like quite... I guess a rare skill like, was isn't a hobby like it is today. Even the Royal Navy frogmen, they couldn't find her. Nothing. Maybe he picked a spot where the currents were especially strong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like quite on purpose. Yeah. So we know that the Royal Navy frogmen, they actually went into the water to search for her at least three times. And we also know that the Royal Air Force Changi, so for some reason the Royal Air Force had this branch called the Sub Aqua Club. They also went into the water a couple of times, but her body was just never found. Right. And on the 3rd of September, just a couple of days after this diving trip, right, they found her flipper. And her flipper was cut at the top and the bottom, and it was like a clean cut. It's something that can only be done with like a pair of scissors or, or like eggs. a knife. Yeah, an axe. Cut her own flipper? I don't know, man. I don't know why Sunny would cut her own. <laughs> I don't know Jenny. why Jenny would cut her own slipper. And so after the 3rd of September, on the 5th of September, 1963, Jenny's disappearance was reclassified as a murder. No shit! <laughs> so the police begin investigating, and almost a year later, on 21st December, 1964, just a couple of days before Christmas, Sunny is arrested and charged with murder. Well, that wasn't a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Sunny's case is mentioned in court on 29th December 1964. So when a case is mentioned in court, this means it's the first time you go to court and it's for the court to find out whether you plead guilty or not guilty. So that's what the mention is. So... Now, the first time the case is mentioned in court, the prosecution, so this is like the public prosecutor's side, they ask for a bit more time. Lah. And so... The is that because co- uh, she's dead, so got no one to represent her? Well, I actually don't know. Lah. Maybe one day we, we ask a real lawyer that. Yeah. So after the in- first case thing, right, the court grants Sunny a discharge not amounting to an acquittal, which means that he can be charged with the same thing. So it's like, we're not arresting you, but you can get charged with the same thing again. So it looks like he gets away with it for now because he gets a discharge not amounting to an acquittal. Oh, that's because they, they had the law, is it, where you need to find a body to arrest him? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, they just they, didn't have evidence, enough evidence, so he yeah. got away. Okay. No, so at that point of time, the prosecution asked for a bit more time. Yeah. Oh, to but, get more evidence la, against him. But not really. Like, literally like one hour or something after his his discharge without an acquittal uh-huh. he gets rearrested for the same thing what yeah that's so messy uh-huh. right Cops, what are you doing <laughs> it's a bit messy yeah so 
uh, after that, so after he's rearrested, the prosecution asked for another week's adjournment and it's approved and they also managed to block bail for him, from him because he's like a flight risk. Yeah. So now it's like the preliminary inquiry from the case and it was from 25th Feb to 5th March 1965. So it's like a month, uh, not a month, 25th, to 5th, 25th Feb to 5th March. How long is that? That's like... A few days. One yeah, week. like a week-ish. Two weeks, yeah. And then he was tried in high court in front of a seven-man jury between 26th of April and 18th of May. So at the point of time, we still had a jury system. Jury system meaning like more than one person like, deciding the fate of that guy. Yeah, like more than one person, they have to like vote on whether he, he's yeah. guilty or innocent. Yeah. And you're like, what? I didn't know we had a jury system ever. But yes, we did. It was only abolished in 1969. So even when we were independent, we had a jury system for like four years or something. Mm. Mm. Was that a bad thing? I I don't know, man. I I (laughs) guess it had had its merits, but also like has a lot of issues because... I'm sure there's a a lot of disagreements on the jury. Exactly. And I know like in in the US, they literally have a, a job called like a jury expert where people like are trained to choose juries or something. Can be anybody. Like, so like, if you can manipulate a jury, then then it's not like the best thing in the world lah. Because juries are just like normal people, right? Yeah, so he's tried in front of a seven, seven-man jury. And actually trial ah, and court ah, and everything, right, that has to do with the whole thing, it takes damn long one. And because this case was just super unreal, unreal, you know, this was like the very, very, very first case in Singapore where there was a murder charge without a body. Like like you mentioned, at first they, you were like, oh, no body, no murder, how are you going to charge somebody, right? But no, it's just that the burden of proof for that, it becomes much higher on the prosecution. <laughs> yeah, so I was actually talking to somebody who's quite good with the law, and like the judge basically also has to rule out all other possibilities in order to charge somebody with a murder without a body. Wow, yeah. a lot of evidence is required. Yeah, a lot of evidence is required. If not, it's just really not fair lah. Because if not, we go back to the very first story we discussed where it's like, how are you going to prove that he's dead, yo? Yeah, like is he even uh, dead or is he like missing somewhere exactly. else? In traffic. Yeah, or like just, just kidnapped somewhere, which is, I, I guess, still terrible, but not murder. Yeah. You know? And because it was just so crazy, a lot of people showed up to court. Like, it was packed, it was so crowded. And so the prosecution was led by Francis Xiao, and the presiding judge was this guy called Justice Murray Butros, or Butros? Butros? Backside Rose. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm so sorry. He was quite a good judge, though. Like, he was just so sad. Oh, that one! Yeah. Okay. Butros. Butros. I'm saying, like, I'm. Uh, British accent. In a British accent. And Justice Post Rose. And he was so sad and you can almost tell that he was kind of pissed about the case. Like he wasn't putting up with any of Sunny Ang's shit, yo. Right. So remember, Sunny didn't go into the water, alright, Margaret? Yep, he didn't go. And since you're here, let me take this opportunity for a reenactment, okay? Alright, here you go. You can be Sunny. Okay. And I'll be Justice Butros. Alright, so I'm now... I'm be like very strict and then like judge-like. I, I think so. I'm going to try my best. Alright, I'm Justice Butros, okay? Okay. Alright. 
did you realize that this girl whom you love and whom you were gonna marry had gone down and disappeared and you calmly turned to the boatman and said, Alright, go to St. John. If she was anywhere around the boat, we would have seen her at Barber Ma. It didn't occur to you to go down and search for her? No. Why? Because I thought there was obviously a leak and also if she was anywhere around the boat, we could have seen her air bubbles. Alright, so at this point of time, uh, the prosecution, which is uh, Francis Yao, Mrs. Yao, he asked, You had skin diving equipment with you in the boat? Yeah. The girl, the girl you were going to marry was obviously in difficulty, if not actually dead already. Why didn't you use your skin diving equipment to go down? I'm sure what sort of difficulty she was in. It occurred to me it was a vague thought that she might have been attacked by sharks. <laughs> in fact, I remarked that to Yusuf, but long afterwards the incident. You could have gone down to find out. <laughs> she might have been attacked by shark. <laughs> okay, right, right. So that's like our reenactment so far. So the first part is verbatim, and now we'll kind of imagine the rest, okay? So we'll take a bit of artistic liberty here. The judge basically asked Sunny why Jenny went into the water first. And we know that the first time Sunny and Jenny went out into the water with the boatman, all Jenny could do was float around, okay? Jenny couldn't swim. All Jenny could do was like... Float, float, float. Yeah, float, float, float. And then Sunny basically says, but she made amazing progress. <laughs> okay, he basically asks, Why did she go into the water first, ah? Huh? Courtesy, ah? Huh? Not exactly, my lord, but always ladies first. I see. Even in deep waters? Da da da. Da da da. Yeah. Alright, that's the end of the <laughs> Right, so you could tell that basically nobody was having any of his shit, right? And now, the interesting thing is. At the time of her death, remember that Sunny was a bankrupt? Yep. Jenny had so much insurance. Her accident coverage was 400k. And the total payout would have been 900k. That's almost like a million dollars. It's like 100k short of a million. He just wanted to clear his debt and get rich, right? Yeah, so this without inflation. With inflation, the total would have been about $3.8 million today. Yeah, so the jury took only two hours to decide, which is considered damn fast for a murder case because you want to consider everything. And on 18th of May, he was found guilty. So the interesting thing is that his sister, Juliet Ang, who was also a law student, she ended up breaking down outside the courtroom because, you know, her brother was found guilty of murder. And eventually, she was also the one to identify his body when he was hanged on 6th of February, 1967. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of A Brief Case with our very favourite and very special guest... Margaret. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. Woo. Penny. Oh, shit. I forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> Penny. 
<laughs> Do you enjoy this week's episode of A Briefcase? Very much. Yeah. You can now find us online at abriefcasepodcast.com and on Instagram at abriefcasepodcast. And do join us again next week for another briefcase. <laughs>